sure, there are some bad apples, but just because people are sensitive doesn't mean free speech should die, you butthurt snowflake! Oh yeah? Well, free speech only applies to taxpayer-backed government systems of communication. So if you come crap on my couch, <laughs> then you're out of here! Oh yeah? Well, if you think online harassment is a problem, unfriend me! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unfriend Me. It's uh, Tuesday, November 22nd, 2017. It's me, Scott Johnson, with Justin Robert Young. That was pretty epic. I don't know how you keep topping that, but you do somehow. Well done. What? Is I'm actually gonna have a brain aneurysm, and it's just like that—that that Olive Garden music that plays at the beginning is just gonna be the last thing I hear. I swear. Yeah, that is something else coming out of you. But uh, it is unfriend me, folks. We're back. We're for another uh, uh, adventure and dipping our toes into unfriendly water. Sometimes uh, you guys are the friendly ones, though, and you're here to watch us do it live and to be a part of our big topic today, which is online harassment. No online harassing us while we're talking about online harassment. That's the rule, okay? Yes. That just seems we're wrong. Trying to do our best. Yeah. We're trying to do our best to not get online harassed as we talk about online harassment. Yeah. Uh, this was voted on by you, the listeners and viewers. Uh, and by the way, make sure that you keep in touch with the show. Go ahead and enter this into your phone right now, 801-285-9395. That's the number that you're going to call. A little bit later in the show, if you're watching us live at twitch.tv slash frogpants, or remember that our email is unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. Never ceases to amaze me how much email we get for this show and how much it comes from a lot of our back catalog. But we are we are at a point now where not only do I think we need to bring somebody else on to, cate- to, to uh, uh, just put all these emails somewhere, right? I never know what to do with them. Yeah. Uh, also, that uh, uh, I think we're rapidly getting to a point that we're going to need to do back episodes where just we go over some of the emails that have come in because a lot of them are really, really good. Yeah, we'll probably set up some kind of simple Patreon and make it easy for people to to support stuff like that, aim for some goals, do what we can. But yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely fertile ground to be uh, tilled even from old stuff we've done. And certainly the stack of emails uh, would be a shame to see these go unheeded. Uh, at some point, so we'll, we'll we'll be getting around to all of that. But in the meantime, yeah. let's take a look back briefly at uh, the anti-vaxxer stuff we talked about last week and some of the feedback we got there. Indeed, Chris wrote in, My daughter, eight years old, has been diagnosed with common variable immune deficiency. Essentially, her body cannot make the antibodies that they're supposed to. She's been vaccinated twice for MMR, chickenpox, and pneumonia, and a few others, but it won't take because of her immune system. She's okay, and she's very a happy and active girl, but she has a tendency to get sick very quick and get sick longer than other kids. We rely on herd immunity to keep her healthy. The less other people who are sick with preventable and vaccinatable diseases, the healthier my, healthier my kid is. I feel that people who don't vaccinate their kids without fully understanding the reasons, a.k.a. your typical mommy blogger, are selfish and are putting mine and other kids with similar issues at far greater risk than they need to be. I'm very happy that our public school requires vaccines to attend. Mm, so a, a vote in the column of yes, please require them. Uh, we seem to get actually quite a bit of that from. Yeah, from I, I don't know if we got a ton. I think that, that we, we had actually some emails that we represented in the show. People who wrote in before we did the show that that uh, had the 
skepticism of vaccinations argument. However, uh, I, I the, the vast majority of the email that we got back was along this. And, and I really I picked this one because there is at least some more skin in the game than just somebody having an opinion. Uh, but but this was by and large the biggest uh, the biggest uh, uh, argument. Sure. Uh, somebody named Chris also wrote in and says the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, which everybody, if you want to look that up on Wikipedia, you can, was aimed at ensuring a stable market supply and to provide cost-effective arbitration for vaccine injury claims. However, it is established that the NCVIA, the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which was created to provide federal no-fault system for compensating vaccine-related injuries or death. This is why so many medicines are being marketed as vaccines lately. Uh, There are significantly less consequences when failing to meet regulatory requirements due to this no-fault status of vaccine manufacturing, and big pharma have been proven countless times to be pursuing, uh, pursuing profit above public health and to be controlling the regulatory officials on most levels. Eh, a little conspiratorial, but anyway, I'll keep going here. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a little, a little cigarette smoking, man. But, uh, <laughs> just a little. Um, the fact that the vaccine manufacturers are indemnified against future failure uh, to meet regulations combines with the insane popular notion that it is impossible for any vaccine to be unsafe, the misguided popular notion that all vaccines must be mandatory in order to defend uh, herd immunity, and the profit motives of big pharma to create a regulatory environment of built-in distrust of the vaccination system. Uh, I actually think there's some pretty fair points across the board there. There's nothing perfect about any of these systems or how we regulate it. Uh, I'm not sure I would immediately just... Uh, it's, it's too easy. Let me put it this way. Too easy to assume that quote-unquote big pharma, which is often a term used to describe no one, uh, and it's I, I'd much rather get specific and say, well, all right, who's the problem here? Is Pfizer a problem? Is uh, that one? What's Mark up to? Right, right. Like, I, I feel like we're it's a little blankety, this, these descriptions, but I, it's a fair point about how regulation can leave loopholes that then uh, make it possible for somebody to push something as a vaccination when really uh, it's not and therefore they get protections that vaccinations get. And when something goes awry with them, they're not held to the same standard. I totally get that. And I think that's a a pretty good point, Chris. Yeah, uh, there also seems to be, I think, oftentimes a, well, here's follow the money sort of argument to stuff like this. And whenever you get into big pharma, uh, you know, is creating this situation that is shaping the uh, uh the the public zeitgeist about it, I, I tend to get a little pushbacky on it, just because, you know, look, there's there's certainly a, a, a ways that you can apply money to make uh you know uh, points more in in the public square, but I I don't think that it is specifically in this age that it's it's as easy as it was back in the day. I agree. You know, that- I, and I and I would say just to uh, just for this final bit that I meant to say before and I, and I really mean this, part of this show for me, this show doing this show with, with Justin for me is about pushing back on reductive type thinking. We're all guilty of it in one way or another and 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 stuff. This show provides an opportunity for us to be less reductive and more open to one side or the other whether whether one is completely vilified or not. My goal with the show is to figure that out. So I may have a bias towards hearing reductive thinking or statements and pushing back on that. So just know that going in. If you come in going, ah, this is all about big pharma, I might go, eh, okay, well, you, you know, let's define big pharma. Okay, let's break because it's always more complicated 
than these big sweeping blanket statements. And so that's my PSA for today. Matt wrote in, I see both sides of the vaccination argument. On one hand, I get the scientific theory behind vaccination to the point that I believe people who sanitize themselves every 10 minutes and never leave their sanitized bubble are more vulnerable to infectious uh, worlds outside uh, the, the, the second they move outside of their bubble. So I don't practice the paranoia of using sanitizers. I just go old school Andy Griffith days of wash your hands and don't freak out if I get dirty. As I say, it is just getting some exposure to the world for my white blood cells to be trained to defend me from their threat at a later date. But on the other hand, I've never been one to practice flu shots uh, each year and I never get sick. Then on January this year, I had a job opportunity that required me to get a flu vax TB test MMR. Uh, he says not matchmaking ranking, LOL. Uh, <laughs> then I was sick immediately for over an entire month. By default, I blame the vaccination for making me sick. Also, I am diagnosed with, as a high functioning autism spectrum disorder, ASD, formerly known as Asperger's. No, not ass boogers, Scott, LOL. <laughs> and I and many people in uh, various uh, autism uh, Aspie communities on Facebook do not believe that we are who we are because of vaccines. We believe our brains are wired differently as some are born with red hair. Does anyone blame vaccinations for being a redhead? LOL. He then adds, I'm a certified Aspie and a bona fide nerd, and you can't fax that. Nice. The rest of the reference that I'm sure uh, seven people will get. But yeah. I'm very happy to read it. It's really good. And also, I appreciate the MMR reference. Uh, no one's made that yet. I meant to last week and didn't. So thank you for doing that nerdy thing. And also, I have referred to it as Asperger's boogers before. And I, and I apologize for that. I'm also glad that it's no longer referred to as Asperger's clinically. Uh, Neil wrote in, uh, says this, uh, Wakefield. This is about Andrew Wakefield. Oh. Uh, who we, we talked about is the leading uh, personality in the modern MMR might cause autism controversy popularity swell. Right. It says here it's worth noting that Wakefield was struck off the medical register in the UK and is no longer a doctor. His citation is damning. Uh, here's a quote. On, on the 28th of January 2010, a five-member statutory tribunal of the, oh man, of the General Medical Council found three dozen charges proved, including four counts of dishonesty and 12 counts involving the abuse of de developmentally challenged children the panel ruled that Wakefield had failed in his duties as a responsible consultant, acted both against the interests of his patients and dishonestly and irresponsibly in his published research. Ooh, the general, the tribunal threw down the ax, man. So that guy's no longer even a credited dude. I'm sure that there were many, many, many a harumph that was given out during, uh, during that. But, uh, you know, listen, there is... Without a doubt, uh, you know, Wake Wakefield uh, makes the argument that, yeah, when these guys are all paid off and they're and they're looking to make sure that the word doesn't get out and they're protecting themselves and the, their own sins. So, you know, that's 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 that. Yeah, that is for sure that. So anyway, thank you guys for your your fantastic response uh, to that whole thing. And um, I feel like we did a pretty good job there. We're in tremulous waters today, though, because online uh, harassment is a, is a thing that's been around since I could go to uh, old school message boards and BBSs and eventually use groups or Usenet groups and that kind of stuff. The very early inklings of the internet all the way up now to our, our very fancy broadband experiences we, we have every day. Uh, it has been a problem, but you might argue that as the internet has grown, certainly so has at least the potential of online harassment. It's a big, big thing. Justin, I'm hoping you can help 
smallen it for us. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'm going to succeed in doing that, but let's start with the big picture. When 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 I say online harassment, what do you think of? Sam? All right, I think of a uh, couple of things. Okay, so the first one that comes to mind is somebody who's just trolling somebody in social media and giving them shit for no reason. So let's say it's somebody stalking them on Facebook or Twitter and constantly just yapping at them and saying things based on what they say and just everything they say they respond with something mean rude or whatever um that could range from just being a a troll and kind of an annoyance to somebody who threatens you or says i'd watch myself if i when when you're out i know where you live that kind of level of of threatery um that's the first thing i think of but the second thing i think of is more kind of the high school junior high level stuff where um kid is teased relentlessly uh, like in decades past, but this time it also comes now with uh, photos that shame them or Snapchat private conversations that are now made public or uh, sort of a million other ways to sort of make their private hell public. And to me, the the that's the one I, I worry about the most because I think kids are in vulnerable yeah. situations in states, depending on how old they are and so on. So that's the one that really gets me in, in the goo. But the uh, the overall the overall notion is someone's being a dick. They are anonymous and they are right, treating well, other let, people let, poorly. Let me, let, me, let me just break this down, because it seems like what you are saying is that there are three specific points to this trident. There is trolling without intentionality, right. meaning right. you're just a video game person, or you're a, 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 a person who does sewing for a living. I'm bored. Let me just see if I can get a rise out of you by saying things that might get a rise out of you. Sure. Then there's trolling with intentionality, I am going to say something nasty because I hate you and I want to break you down mentally. So I will say these things and or these are real threats that I'm just transmitting over a new method. Yeah, I want to hurt hurt you or I want to hurt your reputation. In some cases, they want to literally physically hurt you. But yes, there's there's intent there. Doesn't matter if I would have were to do it over a, a telegraph or a fax machine this is just the new way that I would say I'm going to kill you, yeah, right? sure. And then it seems like there's there's the other side of it, or the, the third, which is the specific case of kids that we do know or at least understand that adolescents and children are understand, you know, going through trial and error to understand their world, sure. right? And that there is going to be a greater sensitivity and possibly even a greater understandable aggression where kids need to learn. No, you can't say that. Sure. You are feeling a certain level. You're feeling a certain way or you have a certain amount of power. That is not cool to exercise or yes. Somebody said something about you, but you have to understand that maybe they didn't mean it that way. And you need to, you know, a, a roll with the punches a little bit. Yeah. Right? And even it can get, it can get more sinister and dark than that. You know, examples of, uh, this, I'm just making ran, this is a random example and not a specific one, but certainly we've heard of these before, but you know, a boy gets his, his girlfriend, quote unquote girlfriend, who's, you know, she's 12, he's 14. Uh, they're both in junior high, uh, whatever the ages could vary, but you know, he coerces her because she doesn't have a lot of friends and a lot of other connections, coerces her into doing stuff. Maybe she doesn't want to do, let's say sexually, he gets pictures of this, uh, she breaks it off or for some other reason he wants to humiliate her and he does that by spreading this stuff all over the place. 
I mean, people commit suicide based on these sorts of things. Like, that is their entire world. They don't have an external support system. They may not have the best relationship with their parents. They may not even be telling their parents what's going on. They're too embarrassed. Yeah. They're too humiliated. And they're put in a position of complete and utter aloneness in a world that is hostile to them. It is just a nasty, nasty place to be. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at exactly how nasty it is. A new nationally representative Pew Research uh, Center survey of 4,248 U.S. adults finds that 41% of Americans have been personally subjected to harassing behavior online, and an even larger share, 66%, has witnessed these behaviors directed at others. In some cases, these experiences are limited uh, to behaviors that can be ignored or shrugged off as a nuisance of online lives, such as offensive name-calling, or efforts to embarrass someone, but nearly one in five Americans, 18%, have been subjected to particularly severe forms of harassment online, including physical threats, harassment over a sustained period, or sexual harassment or stalking. So that is one in five yeah. that had, had that. So what, what we would understand to be the second point of your trident, uh, uh, Scott, this is, you know, the intentionality this this happened or would have happened no matter what the the the, the technological uh, spectrum this just happens to be the easiest way to do it yeah and i would i would the only thing comes to my head here is that that's lower than i thought i thought that would have been higher but i also understand that a this is a very small sample size 4000 plus people is not really that big of a sample group uh, uh, that, that that is that is what what you would understand to be nationally representative mean meaning that it is a uh, representative to the population. So it's like 300 million. You, you reduce that to sure. get something that is statistically representative. This is the, the lower, the, lo the lowest end of it. Right. But the, the, you know, for the price of what they were doing. Sure. I just think if you, if you took into account, so let's say the average ages being between 10 and 25, I'll bet that that number goes up. I'll bet that's like three and five. This is all conjecture. I have no idea. I have no data to back that up, but it just seems a little low to me for the generation that grew up with the internet, like straight up, like my daughter born in 94. It's been there since the day she was born in some form. Uh, yeah. like the visual worldwide ex uh, web uh, accessible from a computer uh, and beyond has been there since the day she walked out of the womb. She didn't walk. She plopped out like a, like a she fish. Walked out. <laughs> Um, she, uh, she has known it the entire time. I'm guessing if you ask her and below, I bet that number goes up just a just a little interjected thought as we keep going. Here. Well, but here's, let, let's, let's, let's talk about a little bit about how people experience it. This is again from Pew uh, research, uh, for those who experience online harassment directly, these encounters can have profound real world consequences ranging from mental and emotional stress to reputational damage and even fear for one's personal safety. Yet. At the same time, harassment does not have to be experienced directly to have an impact. Around one quarter of Americans, 27%, say that they have decided not to post something online after witnessing the harassment of others. More than one in 10 say that they have stopped using an online service after witness using, uh, witnessing using uh, users engaging in harassing behavior. And at the same time, some bystanders to American harassment take an active role in response. Three in 10 Americans, 30%, so they have intervened in some way after witnessing abusive behavior directed toward others online. Mm, can I tell you real quick, the only two times I've ever had anyone threaten like actual physical threats to me were not actually at me. They were at my daughter's. So 
at the time, neither of whom were online, they weren't using Twitter. I think it was on Twitter this was happening. And these threats uh, were directed at them because they didn't like me, but they used my daughters as targets. And I just think that's significant. I think there's something to that. I don't know if we we'll get to get, we, I'll tell you what, we, we, we are going to get to some of the gender divide here right. because I, there is some very, very interesting conversation to be had. Just to go back to the uh, initial number, though, of 41% of Americans, that is 41% of all Americans, not Americans that are online. Right. So it's not Americans who define themselves as heavy Internet users, not 41% of Americans that are have a Twitter account. It is everybody. So that, that is including Farmer John in North Dakota who who doesn't trust this fancy computer, right? <laughs> Are there a lot of far- is there a lot of farming in North Dakota? There probably is. I shouldn't say that. I I'm sure there is. There's probably farming, right? <laughs> and those are Americans online, not America online. Oh. Okay, not so, a- not AOL. I got it. All right. Not who got mail. All right. <laughs> uh So here, uh, uh let's let's get into what some of the the modern tools of online harassment are. And this is going to be a very interesting conversation because the kindly uncle of the internet, Scott Johnson, yes, what many people come here and they know the uh, uh, rosy-cheeked, friendly guy that that wants to be fair and uh, uh, has great uh, programming like this so we can push back on reductive thinking. (laughs) You, sir! And I didn't realize this until we were in the pre-show. You have been suspended from a platform for what we are about to talk about, doxing. Yeah, so uh, for the short version of this story, before everyone flips out and decides that I'm now a good target for online harassment, I was uh, (laughs) recording a live episode of our morning show. This was back when I was first partnered on Twitch, so this would have been, what, a year ago or something? like that yeah something like that and uh i uh in the middle of the the show like we do on this show i took a phone call and one of the phone calls that we took was somebody who tried to pretend like they were going to ask a normal question and then immediately started yelling homophobic slurs uh and the n-word so they dropped a big n-bomb and uh for those let's let's also pause right here in the story yeah so this is online harassment yeah it is they, they're probably watching. They know that you are taking live calls. They are calling in. They are taking advantage yep. of the platform, and they are yelling things that they know to be offensive. So that would be the leftmost uh, part of the trident, right? Yes, exactly. They, they may or may not know you. Uh, uh, they literally just want to get their jollies. They're trying to throw pebbles at a, at a statue and see if it'll blink. Yes, and it really made me mad. And it caught me maybe, I don't know if the day had anything to do with it, but it caught me in a place where I was just like, damn it, this f this guy and i was super pissed and i says and i said to this here's my process of thinking yeah. uh, i looked at skype and went do they know that when they call me i see the number it came from do they yeah. know that and brian's like oh my gosh that's too funny i'm like yeah it's right there like i could call him back and chew him out right now in fact you know what i should do i should put his number out there and let other people call him and tell him what a wiener he is maybe yeah. he'll maybe we'll learn this young chap a thing or two is kind of my attitude at the time and, and it, that was that was a little little frontier justice. For, yes, and furthest thing from my mind, furthest, and I really mean this. I did not even consider the idea that what I was doing was doxing. What it felt like was, like you said, like frontier justice. Like I was doing, I was doing good in some way. I was holding somebody to the fire. I was making them accountable for what they said. 
And yeah. now here's so the, 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 there's two things that a lot of people don't know about that situation, which was one, um, the 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 number that I pulled off of there and then said out loud on the show turned out to be spoofed. It wasn't anything anyone could call. So if you called it, it was a just bur- like a, a burger number to begin with. Yeah, it was a phony number to begin with. So nobody could have we didn't actually dox anybody. Um, but it didn't matter. The act of me doing that was against the terms of service. Uh, somebody in our chat room immediately called Twitch and said this happened. Twitch found the part of the of the VOD where it happened and it immediately shut me down and had me shut down for is it a month or is it a no, week? I think it was a week. It may have been a week. I don't remember. I might have, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I you you I don't know what the the internal process is. But. I don't either. I, they and they were very sympathetic. I should say, like like Twitch was like you know straight up. This is against our terms of service. That's why they're doing it, and we have to adhere to that. But we don't. We completely understand why you reacted the way you did. I mean, they heard it all and saw it, and they they understood where I was coming from. Doesn't justify it though. Like in yeah. in retrospect, that was the wrong thing for me to do. Basically, it was like saying it, I was going eye for an eye there, really. And I'm well, not. Let, let's, uh, yeah. So so I think what is important to understand for this conversation, yeah. specifically when we start to get to more examples that people have very strong feelings about later in the episode, oh, yeah. want to do is separate for the purposes of objective conversation the tools and the justifications and understanding where some of these tools themselves, no matter how righteous your cause might be beyond the pale. Right. 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 So doxing, this is the definition of doxing according to Wikipedia. All right. Is an internet based practice of researching and broadcasting private or identifiable information, specifically personal, personally identifiable information about an individual or organization. The methods employed to acquire this information include searching publicly available databases and social media websites like Facebook, hacking and social engineering as well. It is closely related to Internet vigilantism and hacktivism. Doxing may be carried out for various reasons, including to aid law enforcement, business analysis, extortion, coercion, harassment, online shaming and vigilante justice, (laughs) which I think would probably fall or define your sure but i didn't do any of the things they say up top that i did for example methods to employ it would be uh searching databases or scouring things or hacking things or uh doing any kind of research it's just straight up he called it does caller id there it is like it's just like if i was at home and somebody called me uh or if somebody called in and said my name is this and i and now i'd be doxing if i said his name is this do you know what I mean? It's a little closer to that. This isn't me justifying it. I just want people to know this wasn't me going around behind the backwoods and going, eh, how can I sneak this in or whatever. Sure. It, it, it feels like the defining characteristic of doxing is throwing the information out into the public square yeah. and not exactly how you get it. Whether or not you root around the garbage for it or somebody throws the information in your lap is is less of of what i think we find offensive as a society or at least that we find dangerous as a society sure i just i guess all i'm saying is like everything there's some spirit of the law with with every case and i'm sure it's easy to just look at every single online harassment case and blanket say nope this is a binary thing binary judgment terrible or not terrible as always, there's a lot of weird in the middle and stuff, and I think that this will be an interesting discussion if people call in with 
with uh, not middle ground, not both sides. I don't really mean yeah. that, but you know what I mean. It's complicated. There's great doctors on both sides. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, let, let me let me ask you before we move on to to another and probably more dangerous version of our modern online harassment arsenal. Uh, have have your thoughts? I mean, obviously, I think you are and have been very very contrite about the situation from the very beginning. Oh yeah, but. Uh, in, in that moment, do you understand, uh, having gone through that situation, do you understand doxing differently than you did before you went through everything? Yeah, because I, because I honestly didn't know I was doing anything wrong until somebody called me on it. Like it didn't, it didn't even occur to me that what, what I was doing was doxing, and I knew what doxing was, but yeah. I'd always thought of it as like more like swatting, which we'll get to, or some of these other things where you're, 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 you're planning like a giant hoax around something and not necessarily a hoax, but like a prank or whatever that, yeah. that the way I saw it is I felt like, Oh, well I'm justified because this guy's a dirtbag and said these terrible things. So let's make him accountable. Like to me, that was, that seemed all totally normal until they came to me and said, well, you dox this person and that's against our thing. And I went, Oh my gosh, I did. Didn't I? Like I literally did the thing that I say I'd, I wouldn't do in other, any other circumstance. So, yeah, once it hit me, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that I knew the second I did it what I'd done because I really didn't. I didn't think about it. It just happened. I went past it. And a couple of days later, I found out. But it was like, it was like seeing the light because they, they explained it to me and I went, oh my gosh, they're right. I totally doxed this kid. Like, that's exactly, and this is before I knew the number was fake and all that. So, as far as I knew, I'd, I'd really, you know, created a problem. We deleted the VOD, you know, well before that. So it's not like it was still out there being a problem. But, yeah, I felt bad about it. And I decided that day that I was never going to do that again, regardless of justification. Like, no matter what it was, uh, there's no need to unless the FBI comes to me and says, hey, we need the number of that weirdo that called you. We think he's the serial killer. Well, then, fine. You give me a warrant and I'll give you the thing. But that's different, you know. That's like yeah. that's in any it's, walk of life. It's, <laughs> it's not doxing to give evidence to a law enforcement agency. So, yeah. yeah, I think the issue is more the intentionality of, hey, here's a number. Everybody should call this number and give this this dart bag a piece of their mind. Yeah, which like, is because- th- that is the moment of doxing that I did not really even recognize until later, and I think part of it was I was just so mad. Which, by the way. I mean, you were you were the victim of online harassment. No, right? I, I was. I was a level of it, a level of it, but not the level I was given back. And 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 not only that, like there, there's something to be said here. If my sister, psychologist sister, was here, she'd probably have a lot to say about this. But the fact that the entire transaction is completely anonymous, and then a normal situation where I am in a room with this person who said those things, they a would have never said them to me to begin with. Yeah. And b I'd have no reason to dox this person to spread their information around like the entire reason any of this happens is anonymity and then misbehaving within that anonymity and without that you don't have this so so the internet is a very unique you know a a unique trigger for for pushing all this stuff forward and it's and it's it's impossible to not at least recognize that that's kind of the same thing with phone technology and mail and and you know everything else right? true, Any, anything true. that provides anonymity this is just an easier cheaper way to do it it's a more efficient process yeah exactly it's like uh it's like getting uh porn in 2017 versus uh the the 60s where these guys would stereotypically you know put on an overcoat and a fake mustache and 
get down to the seedy part of town so they could walk in there and not be recognized. That same guy today, click, click, boom. So it's the internet has made everything easier, and that includes some of our less savory behaviors. I mean, you could just get a subscription in a P.O. box. Let's not be weird. Uh, <laughs> swatting. Yeah. Swatting is probably the more dangerous, and I would say universally understood to be uh, horrifying tools, modern tools of online uh, online harassment. Swatting, if you're not aware, is the act of deceiving an emergency service. 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 Uh, <laughs> oh, my name is Jeremy Service. Uh, <laughs> my family came here in 1901. Uh, as such means, uh, now that's offensive. That's uh, next week. Offensive. Offensive uh, stereotypes of uh, ethnic stereotypes with Justin. Yeah, next ethnic week. Ethnic stereotypes. Yeah, let's do Make it. Make me a shepherd's pie. I'm Jeremy Service. <laughs> Via such means as hoaxing an emergency service dispatcher into sending a police and 911 emergency response system to another person's address based on a false reporting of a serious law enforcement emergency, such as a bomb threat, murder, hostage taking, or other alleged incidents. The term derived from SWAT, the special weapons and tactics, a specialized type of uh, police unit in the U.S. Uh, and many other countries carrying out military-style equipment such as door-breaching weapons, sub-machine guns, and assault rifles. Happens to a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of because I don't know the numbers, but it happens to people like popular streamers, gamer streamers uh, have been victim to this. And the reason that that payoff is so scrumptious to a troll is they get to witness in real time on the stream the uh, yeah. the emergency personnel arriving, banging on the door, sometimes banging in, sometimes arresting them. I've seen video of some really, really gnarly stuff. And uh, it is, it's an insidious thing to do. It's horrible. And, and I mean, this is evil, right? Yeah, like yeah. the root of evil uh, uh, level, level stuff. Because again, you are basically putting a trained uh, a military style uh, offensive right yep. that believes they are going to stop somebody getting murdered somebody uh you know that th they're being weapons involved uh, very often that's one of the triggers that gets people out there with that kind of force is that, that somebody has a weapon drawn so yep. now they are also approaching with weapons drawn uh, looking that that maybe violent if not lethal action will save lives uh, and then they find some, you know, uh, some J-Brone playing uh, Hearthstone, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's horrible. Like, I cannot think of anything worse. And, you, and you're right. They are literally at risk. Their lives are at risk because lethal force is in the hands of, uh, you know, the people coming to the door. The men and women of that SWAT unit or whatever that unit's called, whoever got sent over there, even if it's just two, you know, uniformed policemen, they are authorized to use force if they sense a problem. And if they walk in there and anything looks awry, you are in real danger. Like it is a, that is the worst freaking thing. I hate it. This is very, very, very much worth saying for people who are not familiar with this stuff. Doxing as of now, and I think it would be very, very hard to do it going forward, is not illegal, right? right? Doxing is uh, uh, something that is uh, frowned upon in, in certain states and, many times violates terms of service but is not something that you were going to go to jail for making a false report specifically one of that severity to a police department is illegal and it was a uh, uh, very close to being federally illegal the swatting mm. law yeah. hr 4057 was a bill 
that aimed to amend the federal criminal codes to make it a crime to use the a telecommunication system, the mail, or another facility of interstate or foreign commerce to knowingly report false and misleading information with the intent to cause emergency law enforcement response. The violator is subject uh, to criminal and civil penalties. Effectively, what this looked to do is say, well, sure, you might have been in Oregon when you called this, you know, uh, you know, a, you, you know, many of these times this happens uh, not when people are in the same cities or towns or states, right? Mm -hmm. So if it goes across state lines, it should be a federal crime. But also, a lot of these systems rely on servers that are not in the same states as either party, oftentimes, and so that should be used to prosecute people who do stuff like this. So this is something that I think took off for a little bit. Uh, it is certainly still an issue. Uh, uh, you've seen uh, a lot of it with, uh, specifically here on Twitch, uh, uh, IRL, uh, a stream sniping is something that is common and prevalent where people like to figure out where somebody is when they are streaming in the IRL category, meaning they're just carrying their phone around and, and living life and doing fun stuff, uh, that if you stream snipe, AKA determine where that person is, you can cause hijinks. In fact, uh, a friend of mine, Jack Danger, who is an awesome pinball streamer, and streams from bars all the time. Whenever he streams in IRL, which he's done uh, periodically, all of a sudden he's 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 described it to me as he's at a bar for five minutes and the phone starts ringing yeah. because they figure out where he is and now they want to affect uh, the stream. In fact, there was a Twitch IRL streamer, Ice Poseidon, who was kicked off the platform because him and and Twitch could not uh, see eye to eye on the fact that he was. Uh, giving out his location and therefore getting swatted. Dude got swatted on a plane on the way to, uh, uh, you know, from one point A to point B. And he wound up uh, getting kicked off the platform. So this still very much is something that happens in our modern world. Yeah. And I hate it. I just hate it. It just seems like the meanest, most unsympathetic thing you could do to somebody else. I mean, I know there's worse things. You could straight up put a hatchet in the back of their head. But this, this, I don't know, this weird thing of 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 doing this to some other human being where there may be children there and they're terrified uh people are being thrown on the ground and you know treated like something terrible is going on in there i just think it's horrendous it's freaking horrendous and everybody who ever does this i hope here's where i get a little emotional about this i hope you get caught and you do freaking jail time you little turds there yeah and now here's your number that i'm gonna give up <laughs> I did find uh, I did find a picture of a 15 year old who got 25 years to life for swatting on the uh, on jeez uh, Louise on um, on Twitch. That's crazy. This kid right here, chat room. This isn't doxing. This is just a public photo. Okay, <laughs> but look at that. Like he's pretty upset. I would be too. That is horrendous. What he did. Know what you're doing before you do it. Or all just right. Don't do it at all. So yeah, and that's I mean, jeez, just just horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. You talked earlier about the difference between men and women yeah. when it comes to the views of online harassment. So here's another Pew research. There are gender differences in views of online harassment as a public issue. Seven in ten women, seven zero percent, say that they see online harassment as a major problem compared with 54 percent of men. Younger women, those aged 18 to 29, are especially likely to say this. More than 8 in 10, 83% say it's a major problem compared with 55% of men 
in the same age. So again, if you say all women, it is 70%. If uh, And men say 54%. Uh, if you take that just down to 18 to 29, so women uh, from when they are recognized as an adult to uh, before they hit 30, it is 83% of women. That is a 13% jump, whereas men of the same age group jump 1%. Jeez. That's pretty incredible, right? Like, there's obviously a gender split. There, I mean, obviously. I already thought that. I already kind of intrinsically knew that. I feel like everybody kind of knew that. But, geez. Like, that's a huge Uh, jump. That's huge. Here's another little uh, tidbit. Women are also much more likely than men to say people people should be able to feel welcome and safe in online spaces. That is 63% of women say that you should be allowed to feel welcome and safe in an online space, whereas 43%, less than half of men, say that you should be able to feel welcome and safe in online spaces. Men are also more likely than women to say that it is important for people to be able to speak their minds freely. 56% uh, of men say that you should be that, that the free speech is paramount, and 36% of women think that. Similarly, half of women say that offensive content online uh, is too often excused as not being a big deal, whereas 64% of men and 73% of men ages 18 to 29 say that many people take offensive content too seriously. Oh, really? So they're not... (laughs) I'm trying not to get mad at these stats. To me, it's obvious. Guys don't feel threatened, so of course they're all for... uh, thinking things should be open and free and not at all safe for somebody else because they're not affected by it. So if you're not affected by a thing, it's like if the guy standing next to you has bees swarming around his face all the time, stinging him constantly, and the guy next to him never has to deal with the bees, I'm guessing one of them is going to be more pro-bee than the other guy. To me, it's just simple. It's simple math. Dudes don't have to deal with it as much, so they're way more open to just chilling out, everybody, relax. It's not that big a deal. Well, of course it isn't. You're not affected by it, you little turd. All right. Which means <laughs> it brings us, before we get to the calls, we do have to mention what people would assume is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's often, again, I described it on TMS, the bonky on the, uh, uh, on, on, the, on the kneecap reaction. When you say online harassment, the biggest time that this has been mentioned publicly is Gamergate. Yeah. Gamergate, for those of you who are unaware, began when Zoe Quinn, a developer uh, of a game, had a very uh, negative blog post written by her ex-boyfriend claiming that she uh, had slept with a writer at Kotaku. This then mushroomed far beyond uh, uh, that one specific issue becoming a larger cultural touchstone to political correctness in online discourse. Mm. Uh, uh, Gamergate became a flag that a lot of people fight under uh, that I think, you know, you ask one person what Gamergate means, you're going to be far different than another person uh, who's going to say what Gamergate means. And if you don't believe me, just literally look at my DMs last night when I mentioned we'd be talking about Gamergate. (laughs) And I got flooded with people, some people saying, hey, look, let me give you the full take from a pro Gamergator side. The other people saying you need to take down this Gamergate thing. I'm I'm letting you know that just from me standing still and just shouting into the wind, Gamergate, 
<laughs> you people are not even talking about the same thing. No. Sorry, these are uh, uh, different wars that are being fought under the same flag. Yeah. it's uh, That's why I think it needs its own show. It needs its own episode. It may even need uh, you know, a couple of call-in voices for, uh, with some pre-recorded stuff from a point of view they may have. It may even require a guest. But I think Gamergate, as a subset of online harassment, is worth mentioning here. Um, yeah, because it's, I, I, I don't think that, yeah, th there is no argument, in my opinion, from anybody reasonable, that there were very harmful things that, that came of this. In fact, remember that, that, that federal bill oh, yeah. that I mentioned earlier? Yeah. Uh, that came because, uh, that came from the House of Representatives representative for, in Zoe Quinn's district because she had gotten swatted. Sure. And, uh, so many times. Yeah. And, and, What's what's makes that thing even more complicated? There are people out there who heard the tale that this is about ethics and journalism, and this isn't my opinion. What I'm saying uh, yeah, is, yeah, that was that was a thing that people would say, and there were bit then there were people who would go, yeah, yeah, I would like more ethics in my journal, my gaming journalism. Not really understanding what has happened, where this came from, where it started. So they all got on the band the the bandwagon. There were very prominent voices out there who uh, took sides on this thing that then make things even more complicated because, as we know, we live in a culture where sometimes people will blindly follow someone else because they like their fame or their voice or their whatever, and so they follow them right into the fire, and it just became the biggest, most nightmarish, complicated, ugly issue of the last few years. And some would argue was just either a symptom or the underpinnings of... Uh, other things that have bled into public life, like Nazism, uh, get, uh, you know, getting a stage again, or um, uh, you know, the so-called alt-right, the so-called alt-left, the so-called uh, Antifa, all of those fights and backs and forths and extremes, they all have nice little nested spaces within the Gamergate con controversy. So I just think that thing needs like a, it needs its own stage to air out because it smells like shit and it needs room to breathe, and we'll do that one day. Today, yeah, today, today's not that today's day. not that Here's day. Why it's not that day? Because yeah. what I want to do, and I wanted to bring up Gamergate, because no matter where you are on the issue, I believe that everybody can understand that this is something that brought out a lot of passion in people. And if we know that by these numbers, these Pew Research numbers, that there is X amount of people who believe or say that they have seen online harassment, then it is uh, by the numbers. Uh, totally understandable when you read that uh, uh, on September uh, 24th, uh, 2014, at that point, over 1 million Twitter messages incorporating the Gamergate hashtag had been sent. A Newsweek and Brandwatch analysis found that more than 2 million Twitter messages between September and October 2014. Software developer Andy Bio also produced an analysis of Gamergate tweets showing a discussion that was polarized between pro and anti-Gamergate factions. If this is such a stark line in the sand, and there are so many messages messages being sent and people feel so morally justified. And we even understand in the context of this episode how somebody that you know, love, and respect like kindly Scott Johnson from Salt Lake City, Utah <laughs> can step over the line in a moment of passion. Then, of course, it is understandable that there will be either in those three prongs of, of the online harassment trident, people that are looking to stir up crap people that are intentionally trying to go after it or people that are, are in a, a, a childlike or adolescent 
point of view or, or stages in their life and are, are, are just flinging their poo all over the place because they want to see how far it'll go, that this became something in which online harassment was an inescapable cornerstone beyond the ideology or the issues in it. You can't have that much impassioned dialogue in this situation, in the current situation that we have without it existing. And yeah. that's what I want to talk about because if that's our reality now, yeah. then I want to know what you guys think on whether or not it's getting better or worse, whether or not this is just the new normal. Because by the way, that just means that the last election we went through is going to be the most uh, tame online spectacle we've ever seen Ugh. if it don't gets worse from here. Ugh, no, please, let's not get it get worse. If you guys want to have your voices heard, 801-285-9395. That is 801-285-9395. And uh, come at us with whatever you got. If, you've, uh, if you want to nestle in on the Gamergate part of this, if you want to talk about an experience you had being harassed online, we're willing to take just about anything you send to us. Let's take our first call. This comes from, oh, a friend of the program, everybody, Randy Randy <laughs> Jordan. This. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Fantastic. I, little did we expect to see you here, but I'm thrilled you're here. What's on your mind? Well, you're talking about a subject that's very, very near and dear to my heart mm. and uh, also my profession. Yes. Uh, Randy know, loves some good online harassment. Oh, you mean the opposite <laughs> of it. Okay, got it. Yeah, I I, I uh, uh, took a fair amount of abuse in uh, twenty four late twenty fourteen, like you're talking about. Uh, nothing, nothing like, uh, you know, the actual uh, GamerGate victims absorbed, you know. Mm. But uh, I feel like the, I feel like it's been studied to death, and the the last three years we we've come around to this sort of like uh, basic understanding of Gamergate. And I, I, I think it can be expressed in three questions. I can sort you into houses based on the three questions. Oh, sweet. All right. You're, so, you're like a floating hat above my head. Okay. I'm ready. Exactly. So that, so those are, uh, do you believe that there are problems with inclusion or representation in gaming? Yes or no. Yeah. And, want- and then do you believe that gaming should reflect a more inclusive or representative state? Because, you know, market forces uh, are better when regulated. That's the second question. All right. And that's a yes or no question. Right. And then the third is, uh, do you believe the way things used to be is troubling and uh, disrupting the way things used to be is a good way to make things better? Mm. So that's also a yes or no question. If you, if you generally answer these no, you're a gamer gator. Mm. If you generally answer them yes, you're not. Mm. And, uh, it's, it's something that I, I, it's so like, once you get down to that bottom line, like what, uh, you know, what does a person believe? What are they willing to, to do? It gets, you know, really scary, really fast. Mm. I like, Uh, I like when things can be boiled down like that. I'm a fan of being able to say, um, you know, here are three questions. You can triangulate those questions, the answers to those questions depending on the answers, but if it's like a yes, no, yes, or a no, no, yes, or whatever it shapes out to be, you can kind of figure out where somebody is on this scale. Like, so, and the thing is, we could formulate that sort of questionnaire for uh, your decision whether or not you're going to go uh, join uh, your online buddies in Charlottesville and carry tiki torches. Right. It's the same, you know, like, I, 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 I don't want to sound like it's oversimplifying, 
Mm. But there are there are these things that yeah, make up the faces. That sounded sound tad oversimplified. <laughs> I mean, it, it is like uh, like I'm not saying you're doing it. I'm just saying that it's kind of the easy form, like you do your taxes. Like that's not but a I'm, lot of questions but, to, to but, link anybody to Gamergate and then to sure. But the, it comes from looking back and actually studying the history, right? We have the ability to see what what transpired, right? Right. So, so um, I, you know, I, anyway, the, the, the purpose of, of that, the, like the, the reason that that's important to me is because I, I suffered it with so many of you. And I, I want to make sure that we learn lessons. But most importantly, I want to make sure that we come up with answers. And, you know, so the question I have for you, and I'm just going to ask it and go away. All right. Is, uh, and, and, and again, I know that this, this is going to sound like I'm uh, a, bit, a bit of an extremist here. But I am definitely comparing Charlottesville to Gamergate. Sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> I question that, is: I personally think the comparison's fair, but go ahead. Okay. I, I personally would like to recognize that it's an oversimplification. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. I agree with you that it's an oversimplification. I'm just saying, like, uh, you I, know. I, I, I just think that people that were in Charlottesville, whether or not they agreed with Gamergate, would that there are people in both camps, even there. That you would, you know, say that they, for the purposes that they were they were stated to be there for, right? Uh, would not say that their opinions necessarily align, right? Okay, but but getting you there has a lot of things in common uh, with you know getting you to where you're Phil Mason on YouTube making these horrible Gamergate videos, just attacking women constantly, daily. To get Phil Mason to that place, there are certain steps you got to take in thought and belief. And I'm saying they're very, very similar to the steps in thought and belief and organization and online communication yeah. that gets people to Charlottesville. So my question, I Go. really don't want to stretch this too far. Right. My question is, <laughs> how do we dissipate the energy created by the gathering of conservative thought that leads to striking out violently? Mm. Because that's what we're, you're talking about. Okay. There's a gathering of thought that's going on online how do you dissipate the energy that comes from that? Uh, all right. So here we go. We're going to answer that. I'm going to take him off the call. All right. So I think I understand what he's saying. Here's, here's the, the issue I would take with Randy on that point. He threw in the word conservative. And I'm not so sure that they – I've had some personal experiences inside of this Gamergate mess that I won't get into now because some of it would involve potential doxing <laughs> of certain names. But – they they involve people that very much align themselves very left of the political scale, and yet we're still uh, some of the I think worst voices in the Gamergate mess. So I'm not sure I would I would I would say that this is a a problem with buildup of that energy of that of that need to exhaust that stuff purely on the right. I think it kind of spans it spans mostly uh, if if we're gonna if let's say uh, wherever the men are, yes, there's more of it there. That part I'll agree with, and I don't think that's an oversimplification. It's mostly dudes who are doing well, this. Well, by, by, by the numbers, dudes are far less likely to see a problem with it. Like, like we said before, uh, they're, they're more likely to say that people are overreacting to negative, violent, or harmful imagery. Uh, so you could, I, I think, not, not make too much of a logical leap to say that even if it is a uh, uh, light banter between one person and somebody else that they would find it less harmful to employ either that kind of language or visual uh, uh, you know, material to justify their point, right? right? If they don't see that big of a deal with it. Right, right. No, I, I, I could see that. Uh, as far as how to vent it, 
I think that's what's happening. Like, it, it, I don't think it's a thing you can do overnight. Um, I think that when people really dig in on a point of view and they hold it for a very long time and, and, and grip to it as hard as they can, that can take sometimes years, sometimes that person's lifetime for them to change well, their minds or to have this stuff change or whatever. But on a societal level, it's a, it's a process. And as soon as you put a little sticky wicket in the minds of a bunch of people, sometimes it takes a little while to pry that out of there. Or you may never anyway. It's the other people who don't have an opinion yet that you're trying to help. Um, I, I, I don't know that there's any, there's no overnight like, oh, I feel better now. Do you? I mean, this well, no, because I, I believe that the, if there's one thing that we can say in all of this, and, and I'm only, I, I, I believe in, uh, it is the common thread in, in every online argument that results in this level of harassment is that every side is the victim. Mm. Every side, and this, I think, is a human trait that has become, that is, that is less understood than it maybe should be, and yet is becoming something that we are having to deal with on a broader and broader scale as we become more and more interconnected is that our justification levels go up when we understand ourselves to be the victim and our treatment of the other becomes less and less sensitized mm -hmm. when we understand that they are putting us in this position. I, I think I completely agree with that. That was better said than what I was trying to say, which is similar. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Cam. Well, hello, Cam. Good to have you here. What's on? What's I'm up? Killer Cam. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I just wanted to say that I, I, I thought I didn't really catch the end of it, but I, did, I really do think that the whole Gamergate thing is sort of that whole, um, like four different fights going on and nobody's fighting the same fight. Um, I like for for Randy's three questions. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I have the same answers that that that, that Scott did. And I'm I identify as a gamergator. Yeah. yeah. Well. And and, okay. and, the, and the reasoning for that isn't that there's, I mean, when you look look at, I mean, it it there's it, uh, it it's just that I feel like there was so much done to demonize everything, to to paint everything. It, 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 I mean, the, the, like for instance, the, the harassment that goes on. I mean, I'm sure you know about like all the all of the doxing and stuff that went on for the people who identified it on the Gamergate side, right? Sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like Leanna Kirstner, all these other people. But there was such such a like a it was just painted so horribly that you have the big bad Gamergate side when there's there's I mean within that the Gamergate as it's as a whole is so huge that you can't identify one group within it. I mean, there, there's a, there was, I mean, even recently there's, there was a big split where one group says the ends justify the means. And then you have another group that says, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And what's been happening this whole time is you have the, these, the, 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 um, the same type of online harassment. This group will, will just go in and try to ruin anything. I mean, I'm surprised nobody's called into your show just to say, you know, how horrible or, you know, say bad words or something. Just the paint is a further, further bad. No, I have, I have, um, I have the same, <laughs> the same astonishment after this many episodes that we haven't had too much of that. But, I, but let me, let me interrupt you real quick and just say this: the problem I see, Scott's opinion time, isn't so much that there weren't people within or still are within the the uh, the area where they they affiliate as a gamer gator 
that they don't have legitimate thoughts, questions, feelings, opinions. That isn't my problem. My problem is the tribalism. Why do you need it in the first place? So let me ask you this question. As somebody who identified as a Gamergate person, why? Why can't you just be Cam with his opinions about things? And why did, why did you feel the need to tribe up into this group? Well, I mean, why, why does somebody feel the need to, need to tribe into something like feminism? Well, exactly. That's exactly my point. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not well, looking... Well, I mean, I, I'm saying this across the board. Like, why? Why would you want to? Why would you want to do it? I mean, everybody has labels. Everybody, everybody has boxes. Red pill. Yeah, what? I know. Hey, you're right. I'm in a hurry. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Um. There, I mean, everybody has has boxes, right? And a lot, a lot, of, and a lot of cases, it's easier to just like self-identify yourself in a box than it is for you to go through, you know. A series of like beliefs and disbeliefs that you have with somebody on online. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, well, I support Gamergate, all right. And then it's like, well, you know, but the the you're right. There's a double-edged sword to that. But then on the other hand, I feel like we if we did, um, you know, I mean, what, what, what's your your, your alternative? Well, there the, here's here's the uh, the the real. Let me use an example that isn't digital so much. And Jerry, feel free to pop in on this one. Uh, yeah. Let's say. Um, you could use a religion as an example. It's double-edged sword for them as well. Let's say somebody's Catholic and they uh, affiliate with with the part of Catholicism that best represents the the what they see as the good or the the parts that are that make him the best person he or she can be, and not the things that somebody might roll up and go, oh yeah, well I was molested by five priests when I was a kid, and that's the most evil organization ever, and. You know, do you see what I'm saying? Like both sides to everything, whether it's religion, whether it's your Gamergate thing, whether it's any other group. My solution is, my solution is try to be the best you you can be. I'm not trying to sound maudlin here, but try to be the best you you can be. And if your <laughs> and if your problem is that you don't you think the the reviews for video games are are too biased, or you think that that um, I don't know the the editors at Gamespot are being paid off to give better reviews for certain games while others don't, and the, the and the honesty is really missing. Let's say for you it really is about ethics and gaming journalism then I would find ways to do stuff individually without having to say, well, I'm a gamer gator and I support these guys because there's, I don't know what the value is. There's no value in saying that other than, you know, there's more dirt kicked up. I just, I, that's well, my, the, my own take on it. So your reaction. Well, and it, well that, that's how it actually started. Cause originally there was, it was part of a bigger movement. There was a little bit of a, uh, um, uh, protest too much. Like you like to say, involving the Zoe Quinn thing. Yeah. Um, and and there was a a group that a larger group that that was that happened around that, and then basically this other the gamer gay group sort of said wait wait a minute no we don't want to make this about anything like that we want to want to be about you know ethics and in in gaming journalism, and it sort of basically everybody started glomming onto that, and the movement itself outgrew that. So what what happened is um, there was even I forget the name of it a group split off. And said the same, like, like said, no, no, we're 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 gonna we're gonna just focus on these 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 key things about you know ethics and whatever. I'm like, God, I can't saying it. But the that, the same thing happened. People sure. glommed onto that, and then they're coming in just a mess. Right. And it's what happens to every time anybody gets like a, any sort of like like minded individual. It's to try, it's try to figure out right, the but it's almost like they don't have central they don't have central organization, and I think that's maybe a key factor here. Because there's no central organization to whatever faction believed in whatever thing they believed in, 
you just had this scattered mess. I'd rather everyone just be an individual and not put a flag on it. Justin, thoughts on all this? Uh, I think we shouldn't be making this episode interrogate the Gamer Gator. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad point. But but it's a I think it, it applies though like if 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 you sure. yeah I mean but but here's, here's here's the point right is that now literally we just spent the last 10 minutes and I'm watching the chat and the chat just went from something where we were having a conversation and I think rationally and specifically with people that that had made comments on either side that could make reasonable reasoned things uh points of view about hey all so let's look at some of this underlying societal issues that happen and whether or not they are echoes online that maybe this online stuff that we're talking about, that these these uh, little that, you know, the shooting of, of Archduke Franz Ferdinand isn't really the thing that caused the world war, that that we are uh, that there are larger forces at play here that echo the real world and are now having online repercussions. And that's where this online harassment uh, uh, becomes so uh, a big thing and then as soon as we start getting into the gamer gate and we start getting into uh, uh you know everybody playing bingo in the chat room about when somebody's gonna say ethics and game journalism and and now some and, and feminism gets brought up as a uh a literally just a another example of a label that people use for good or ill right now all of a sudden it becomes gamergate versus feminism and and we're having that argument we're not talking about what I think for this episode specifically, if we're going to draw a circle around it, is the online harassment element. How, what are these tools and what, how do we justify using them? Yeah. And, and obviously Gamergate is something that people are going to bring up. And obviously we've spent time talking about, but uh, uh, I think that we are going to ultimately do better, not only for how we understand Gamergate, but also how we understand the next thing going forward. If we understand where our roles are and how other people feel about these behaviors. Yeah, caller, and I do right right before hold on before caller before you say anything caller I do want to say this about our last caller. Uh I think it took knowing that there's probably a, a a bias from certainly from my point of view. I am not a Gamergate fan by any stretch of the imagination. I thought that whole thing was a nightmare and a mess. I think it took him uh real courage to call and do that and I wanted to thank him for that cuz I think that's hard. If he's got a p- opposing point of view and he's going to come in and have me ask him those kinds of questions. I think that just takes uh, 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 courage and not the kind where it's like, I'm brave enough to do. I, what I mean is that's like a, the cool thing to do. And I really appreciate that he did it. So thank you for doing that. All right. We got a caller on the line. Who's this? It's Ian. I am sci-fi. Hey, always a pleasure, dude. What's going on? What's up, oh, man? <clears throat> not too much. Not too much. Pleasure meeting you on, uh, on this past weekend, Justin. Yeah, man. Good oh, meeting you, cool. too. Oh, cool. I didn't know you guys got together. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, you that PAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was at PAX Unplugged. I went to the panel. Very nice. All right. So uh, to completely divert this away from Gamergate, because frankly, uh, this is – let's, let's, let's not. <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think that uh, – Online harassment has evolved over the years as as the internet itself has evolved. Um, I, I myself, when I was when I was a young, stupid teenager, would go on Gaia Online, which uh, you can probably tell I was a young, stupid teenager because I mentioned Gaia Online. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go on there and uh, you know essentially troll people who I felt were intellectually uh, inequivalent. To, to myself because it made me feel better and that's that's why I, essentially why I would do it um, I got older and I got hopefully smarter and uh, realized just how stupid I was being about about that and I you know knocked it off but mm-hmm. 
that was my first exposure to I'm going to make someone feel inferior and make myself feel better. Right. And you were basically doing you were doing the age old thing where humans uh, humans prey on the weak and, and, and bully because there's an innate sense in us that if we don't if we don't show who's uh, boss here, then we'll be in the weaker position. So I need to be the one that's giving crap to people. It's like this age old thing. The difference is, as you found out in Guy Online and as people find out today, we don't have a walled garden for each of the age ranges. Right. So we don't we don't have a way of knowing that the the immature 12 to 15 year olds are the ones doing this because for all we know, they're 20 or they're 30 or they're 40 or 50. And we, we don't, we can't see that. And because we can't see that we, we only know how to react the way we react at our own emotional development. So if I get all upset about a thing, I assume that it's somebody who should know better or should be at a right. relative, uh, you know, state in their life where they're not, where they're, where they've matured past this and how could they possibly act this way? only to find out later or never that they were 13 and had a wild hair up their butt. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and no, 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 that that's pretty much the route that I'm going on that, that, and a lot of these people who uh, harass online, who hide behind an, an, anonymity and, uh, you know, know that they're able to get away with possibly a bit more than they would in their real lives. At least from my personal experience are often the ones who have been bullied in real life. Right. And, and they're looking to, you know, get some sort of quote unquote revenge online without any of the, uh, you know, the ramifications of actually standing up to the real people who have been bullying. Them. So here's, well, the, so here's and, and oh, beyond, on that, you know, uh, we don't know what people's ages are. We don't know what their emotional maturity is. We don't know whether or not they missed a rent payment. We don't know whether or not they, they just, you know, got fired. They got yelled at. They're breaking up with somebody. They're getting married to somebody. They're under stress. They're not under stress. Like there is, there is no context to how primarily we have uh, 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 interacted with people online. And maybe the more and more we do it and the more the, all these platforms develop, the better we're going to understand. I think there's already a, a big uh, difference in how we understand people on a, a message board or a BBS back in the day when it's just text versus, you know, when we look at somebody on Facebook and we understand, hey, you know, they even posted a picture of their girlfriend uh, in, in a while. I wonder if that's still... A thing we already have more tools for human empathy, which of course open up more underbellies that people can poke, which is you know part of the uh, uh, escalating problem. But in in general, I do hope that empathy continues to make us better online. And what we are going through now is a very awkward adolescence. I, I agree that the tools make us more empathetic as time goes on. I think that that is a one positive thing to take away from this or one of the positive things. Let me ask you this question. This is yeah. a hypothetical kind of never going to happen kind of question probably, and I'm not even sure I want it to happen. But do you think that one day the decision might be made somewhere, somehow, maybe even voluntarily by most internet users, that anonymity is no longer... Uh, more a benefit than a problem and that's how we get there where we actually kind of know if not everything at least more about the people that we're interacting with online and knowing maybe just this age group thing i don't know if there's a way to even do it the free internet makes all this stuff kind of impossible so i'm not suggesting it but do you think we ever end up somewhere where it's more obvious that 35 year old justin is talking to 15 year old idiot kid no I, I, I don't I don't think that that necessarily matters. Uh, I think that 
ultimately we just need better representations of ourselves online, be they anonymous or otherwise. And, and I, I do believe that anonymous, uh, elements online are, are far more of a net benefit than they are a net negative and that there's a lot of traffic to get there. But I, I do think that the best thing we can do is to be better people and, I'll, I'll just kind of, uh, we're wrapping up here, but I'll, I'll end with this. Everybody's listening right now yep. to this show. Yep. And be you on any side of any issue that you might believe determines, causes, or warrants online harassment. Right. Know that you probably have more in common than you do uh, apart. And yes, the issues that might drive you apart might be things that are non-negotiable for you. And understand that these are not people that, that maybe you want to have dealings with. However, let's not totally throw out all of the equation. Right. Let's, let's not totally throw out the fact that if you're listening to this conversation, that you are here for this kind of dialogue at the very least, even if the ingredients on either side are so uh, far gone that, that the Gamergate uh, person who called in and uh, uh, Randy Jordan, hopefully have far more in common than they do not yeah. and and I, I I hope that that is the element that is is that that makes headway. The understanding of that uh, going forward is is what you know is is on some level our north star mm. to get out. I believe is very roiling seas. I, I agree. I have I have one quick story that should make everyone feel a little better before we get get out of here. Um, it's a very very directly associated with this topic. I saved it for the entire show because I didn't want to do it up front. I haven't even told you about this before. But uh -huh. This is one of my favorite things ever, and I've never brought this person's name up, not because it's doxing, but because I want it to be kind of a thing he and I share. If he's listening to this, he'll know what I'm talking about, but that, I won't give too many details. But back in 2002 and three, uh, roughly, I was running message boards for my comic strip and for early radio stuff before podcasting. And yeah. it was a pretty active group of... Oh. Also, also, by the way, just for people who do, who didn't know, we found out what Buddy Pickle was uh, <laughs> posting about the day before, the night before 9-11. <laughs> it's a 9-10-2001 post that ends with him saying, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. It's, it's literally, literally, yeah. The Buddy Pickle hole went pretty deep. That was a lot of fun to relive all that. Buddy Pickle. Everybody uh, flood the internet. Yeah. I believe in Buddy Pickle. Do it again. I believe in Buddy, Buddy Bloody Pickle. No, don't believe in that. Anyway, so... <laughs> so uh so the way this went was back then i had this very bustling forum life and i was very busy doing cool stuff and uh that was great and whatever but it was also uh starting to get some harassment from people we started to have a few people who come in that were purely there to belittle other users to just troll the forums i would delete them they would come back under a new name they would slowly work themselves up to like show themselves again and then i'd delete them again and they just hounded me, hounded me, hounded me, and it sucked. I ended up getting rid of those forums at one point because it was so bad. It just created this toxic soup, and I hated it. Two nerdtaculars ago, so 2015. Yeah. Guy in his mid-20s with a little kid and his wife who came to see the thing walked up to me and kind of off away from everybody and, yeah. and apologized for being that guy back then. He was in high school. He was young. He said a lot of dumb things, may have been junior high, and felt really bad about it and has a kid now, understands what it means to sort of, you know, man up and take life by the horns and not sort of just hide from everything because your parents are, you know, keeping you safe in your, in, your, in your bedroom and 
saying things matters and it has consequences and all of this. And the nicest guy. He was the nicest guy. And if I look back, it was some of the worst months of my quote-unquote early internet sort of trying to figure stuff out, community stuff. Yet here he is all these years later. He's come to this conclusion. And we had a really cool conversation. I hugged this guy. He hugged me. I have zero bad feelings about him. I look at it all as a great big learning experience. And my point is that can happen too. So this kid that dropped the, F- the end bomb on me, who knows? One day he and I are hanging out and having lunch together and t- laughing about how dumb this was and that we shouldn't have been behaving that way. Um, yeah. Maybe that'll happen for other people. Maybe the worst gamer gator you can think of will have a change of heart. Maybe the, the most uh, radical um, person on the opposite of that argument may have a, a coming to the middle. Like all of that stuff is possible. I've seen it myself. And it was a very surreal moment. I haven't talked about it a lot because, you know, it was a nice little, it meant more to me personally than I think it would matter on the whole. Because we have a great community. Generally speaking, we don't really have any problems. Like I said earlier on the show, nobody calls in and trolls us on here, which is a miracle that that hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah. So, and don't get any ideas just because we're saying that now. I know how that, some of you are going, oh, really? Okay. And you may have just popped in because you were busy watching League of Legends finals and you're like, hey, I can come over here and bug these guys while I'm bored. Don't do it. I'm just saying you haven't yet and that's heartening to me. So anyway, that story, I hope, gives people some hope as it gave me some hope. Look at that. That is a very, very, very good story. It was a great story. And All right. may we never forget it. All right. What are we doing next week? What's our plan? What are we doing? All right. No poll this week because uh, we are going to do a big poll next week. Uh, we are going to do the war on Christmas. That will be next week's uh, uh, topic. However, after that, that's the last serious topic for the year. The rest of December, we're doing light topics. We're talking pineapple on pizza, gift versus GIF, regifting whatever you want. Uh, go ahead. If you have an idea for it, hit us up on Twitter at Scott Johnson at Justin R. Young or email into us unfriendmeshow at gmail.com light topic December that's right we started off with a bang though war on Christmas should be interesting after that though a little bit of an easier ride until 2018 where we hit the skids super hard thank you all for listening don't forget to go to the website too frogpants.com slash unfriendme all the links and stuff and things you need are right there including all that stuff Brian, uh, uh, Justin said Justin R. Young on Twitter I'm at Scott Johnson That'll do it for us, for me, for Justin, and for all of you, Gamer Gators or non-Gamer Gators alike. We'll see you next time. See ya, unfriend. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>